you elbow your neighbor and say, wake up. Shake them a little bit if you got to. Well, are y'all awake? How about the rest of you? Y'all awake? Y'all don't say y'all here, do you? Some of you do. I'm going to just tell you the harassment I've received because of my accent the last couple of weeks is just shocking. I don't know why we can't just all get along. And we are talking yesterday, and I said, I said, do y'all call it a water hose or a hose pipe? I said, well, we call it a hose pipe. I said, do y'all call it a case of water or a flat of water? I said, well, we call it a flat of water. It's a little, little, little different in language there. But we all say Jesus. <laughs> and uh, obviously I'm just... I'm making light. It is so good to be here once again with each and every one of you here at Antioch. And um, I'm excited about what the Holy Ghost has been doing the last couple of weeks. And uh, as your pastor's already said, I will not be here next week. But how many of you are excited to hear your pastor next Sunday morning? Here's a better question. How many of you believe your pastor is the best pastor? Because there's going to come a point where I'm not here and the cloud's going to move and God's going to take me somewhere else. But this man and his wife and his family are still going to be here loving you and praying for you and leading you and guiding you. I thank God for a pastor in my life. I'm going to say that one one more time. I thank God for a pastor in my life. I'm not just talking about one that you can, you know, you've got several guys that you call your pastor and you can just bounce around from one to the other until you find somebody that will tell you what you want to hear talking about a man of God in your life I can tell you yes and no I can tell you you're right and you're wrong I just want to be saved I just want to make it and if a man of God has got to tell me something I don't want to hear then so be it so that being said, I honor your pastor and his wonderful family and their children. Uh, such great children that I love and respect and believe in. Of course, all these men on this platform and several friends God has connected me with. And uh, give them honor today. Well, did anybody come to have church this morning? Amen. Let's go to Genesis chapter 32. Genesis chapter 32 and verse number 24. 
I feel like I got to circle back. Nobody has really harassed me about my accent. I just, I just want to make that clear. You're all a loving bunch. And uh, <clears throat> anyway, just had to clarify for a minute there. Genesis 32 and verse number 24. And Jacob was left alone. I want that to just settle for a minute. And Jacob was left alone. And loneliness was the beginning of a pivotal moment in Jacob's life. And there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. When he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh. And the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint, and he wrestled with him. And he said, Let me go, for the day breaketh. And he said, I will not let thee go, except thou bless me. And he said unto him, What is thy name? And he said, Jacob. He said, Thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel. For as a prince hast thou power with God and with men, and hast prevailed. Theologians argue about this. There are some believe that it was an angel. There are some that believe it was the angel of the Lord. And there are some that believe this was a theophany, which is a brief manifestation of God before the birth of Jesus Christ. But in any sense, it was an encounter with another world. And it started when he was alone. Now let's go to Hebrews chapter 11. The Holy Ghost is going to help somebody in this room here today. Hebrews chapter 11, verse number 23. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents because they saw he was a proper child. They were not afraid of the king's commandment. By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Verse 27, by faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured him. He endured as seeing him who is invisible. I want us to look at verse number 24. By faith Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. This led him into a season of loneliness in the land of Midian. Where he was alone with God for 40 years. It's amazing to me that in both of these instances with these two major patriarchs of Scripture, loneliness led to a greater understanding of their identity. 
the first one, Jacob, his loneliness led to a revelation of who he was. But the second one with Moses, his loneliness led to a revelation of who he was not. He said, I'm not an Egyptian. And so I, I want to just look back at Genesis chapter 32 one more time. And that's where I'm going to take my title from. We're just going to take our time this morning. Is that okay? I really feel like the Holy Ghost wants to minister in this place. Genesis 32 and verse 24. And Jacob was left alone. I truly believe that the reason Jacob was left alone is because if he would not have been alone, someone or something would have interfered with that God-ordained encounter in his life. Every now and then, we got to tell some things and some people, just leave me alone. So that's what I want to talk to you about this morning. Leave me alone. Leave me alone. Would you just lay your Bible down and lift your hands? And I, I just, there's, there's a, a unique touch in this room right now. Um, there's just something, I don't know, something that I haven't really quite felt in the last several weeks. It's just kind of, uh, it's just kind of settled into this room. I wonder if, um, if with hunger and with a longing for fellowship with God, you could just lift your voice in this room right now. Come on, can you just pray in the Spirit? Let the Holy Ghost settle on you in this room. Come on, let that dove descend and rest upon you. Let it abide on you this morning.
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Everybody say, leave me alone. Leave me alone. God bless you. You can be seated this morning. We have become the most connected generation that has ever existed. This generation has access to multiple different platforms of social media. And I fear that it has skewed the purity and the genuineness of the word friend. Friend is, is, if you know me personally, doesn't take you very long to figure out that the word friend is not a word that I just throw around. And it's birthed out of a righteous indignation in me because so much value and such a high premium is placed on faux relationships and pseudo-friendships that are nothing more than just two individuals across the country following each other on a social media platform. And they are calling each other friends when they don't know anything about the other one beyond just the highlights they post on their social media. But friend is a very powerful word. Because when you elevate those connections to the word friend, you degrade God as your friend. And I am seeing a generation that is so connected they have become disconnected. They have become so connected to pseudo-relationships and to pseudo-friendships that they are disconnected from what God is trying to do in their lives in the spirit world. They have become so connected to what is happening on social media that they are disconnected to what is happening in the spirit. They have become so connected to what is happening uh, in the lives of others that they do not understand what God is trying to do in their own lives. I'm seeing a generation that has trouble sitting across the table from one another and looking at each other in the eyes and spending time with one another and connecting with one another and getting to know one another, which leaves me to believe that they also have trouble seeing God face to face. 
and getting to know God face to face and fellowshipping with God and communing with God and connecting with God at a deeper level. Again, I say we are so connected, we are disconnected. And so what we have done is we have taken the word loneliness and we have turned it into something that implies judgment from God or punishment from God. But I have often said that loneliness is the greatest gift that God has ever given me in my life. Loneliness is the greatest gift outside the gift of the Holy Ghost that God has ever given me. Because there are some experiences and there are some relationships and there are some revelations you do not get until you learn how to embrace a season of loneliness with God. I was telling someone yesterday there is a difference in isolation and loneliness. Isolation is voluntary. Loneliness is involuntary. Isolation destroys you, but loneliness develops you. Isolation is when you can have relationship, but you choose not to. Loneliness is when you cannot have relationship, but you want to have relationship. Loneliness is when you long for somebody to fit in with. It's when you long for somebody to understand you. It's when you long to connect with somebody on a deeper level. It's when you long for friendships, but for whatever reason, you cannot seem to fit in anywhere that you try to fit in at. Does anybody know what I'm talking about here this morning? It's not isolation. It is a season of loneliness. I was doing some study recently and I found out that there is a real term, that there is a real diagnosis that doctors are literally diagnosing people with. And it is called phantom vibration syndrome. It sounds comical, but really it's an indictment on this generation. Because again, we are so connected, we are disconnected. Phantom vibration syndrome is something that begins about a month to a year after an individual begins to carry a cell phone. They can get to the point where in their mind they can be so anxious for a notification on their phone that their cerebral cortex will misinterpret certain senses such as when your clothes rub up against your body or when you accidentally brush up against a wall or whenever you you feel a certain little gust of wind your your cerebral cortex will misinterpret that as a vibration in your pocket from your cell phone. I wonder if we want God to speak to us that desperately. I wonder if we are anticipating a word from God and a touch from God and a move of the Holy Ghost in our lives so desperately uh, that every time we feel a gust of wind, we think there's an angel standing next to me. Or every time our alarm clock goes off in the morning, the first thing we think about is, God, what do you want to have to say to me today? I understand it's quiet today. This is not a very popular subject, but I'm preaching to some real people that understand what it's like to walk 
walk through a season of loneliness. Hear me. We have got to get back to the place where we are okay and we are comfortable and we are secure. Disconnecting from the pseudo relationships of this world and getting back to real, genuine relationship with Jesus Christ. And so what God does is whenever he wants to call an individual into greatness and he wants to begin to form them and mold them and use them for greatness in the kingdom of God, he will often withdraw them from the crowd. He will often disconnect them from a place of popularity and notoriety and he will put them in a season of God-ordained loneliness so that the process of molding them and shaping them and forming them can begin. When you study the life of Moses, you realize that most of Moses' life was spent in a season of loneliness where he was hidden by God. Whenever he was born, the Bible said that he was hidden three months of his mother's womb from his mother's womb until Pharaoh's daughter drew him from the river. And whenever he left Egypt, he was hidden for 40 years in the backside of nowhere in a place called Midian and whenever he died the Bible said God hid his body so well that even the devil could not find it can I tell you here today uh, that you have got to embrace the season of loneliness uh, that God has had you in uh, because if you bypass that season uh, you will miss the lesson uh, and the gifting that God uh, is trying to impart into your life in this season But perhaps one of the most important seasons of Moses being lonely and being hidden was whenever he was in the land of Midian. Because whenever Moses is in the land of Midian, he was hidden there for 40 years and he stumbled across a burning bush. And it was then that Moses got a revelation. Number one, of who God was. And number two, of who Moses was. But can I tell you, Moses was not just in Midian to find God. Moses was in Midian to find Moses. God does not just put us in seasons of loneliness so we can find God. He puts us in seasons of loneliness so we can find ourselves. There are revelations about yourself you will never get until you learn to tell things of this world. Leave me alone. Because before Moses ever stumbled across a burning bush, He made up in his mind, I may not know who I am, and I may not know who God is, but I am not an Egyptian. Can I preach to somebody in this house? You may not know what your role is in the kingdom of God. You may not know who you are, and you will never exhaust the depth of who God is. But before you find out who you are, there's got to be a revelation of who you're not, and you are not an Egyptian you ought to identify yourself in this house today and say I might be all alone but it's leading me to a revelation of who I am not I am in this world but I am not of this world yeah I can tell the time change I can tell it's a little little tired in here this morning that's all right We're going to preach on anyway because God's going to help some people in this house. 
And it is amazing to me, hear me in the Holy Ghost, uh, when God forces you into a season of loneliness, uh, you cannot fight that season. I can't tell you how many people I have met that God tries to put them in a season of loneliness uh, to begin to develop some things in their life. uh, But they begin to try to elbow their way and force their way into crowds uh, that they were never meant to fit in with. Uh, But whenever Moses, uh, whenever he killed the Egyptian... uh, And he began to flee for his life. The Bible said that Pharaoh sought to kill him. But can I tell you, whenever Moses got a revelation of where he was rejected, he also got a revelation of where he was accepted. And if you're being rejected by your family, if you're being rejected by your friends, maybe I'm just preaching to myself in this morning, in this house this morning, but that's alright. If you're being rejected by your co workers, if you're being rejected by people at your job or at your school, that's just a revelation to let you know you were never meant to fit in with them. But can I tell you where you do fit in? You fit in in the house of God. You fit in in the prayer closet. You fit in in the altar. You fit in worshiping. You fit in dancing. You fit in shouting. Is there anybody here that'll say I might be rejected by Egypt but thank God I'm accepted by God let's lift our hands wherever you're at and let's pray in this house Be seated for just a moment. Be seated for just a moment. And and one of the most important seasons of Moses being hidden by God was when God looked at Moses. And he said, Moses, there is a place by me. I will hide you in the cleft of the rock. And I will cover you with my hand. And I will pass by you. And you're going to see my glory whenever I pass by you. He said, Moses, there is a place by me. I have found through the years that a place by God is usually a place that away from everybody else a place by God is usually a place that is away from everybody else but that location is ordained by God because that word place there when he said Moses there is a place by me it literally means a position or a location so whenever we think that loneliness is judgment from God or punishment from God God is saying no loneliness is not a limitation loneliness is a location Loneliness is not a condition. Loneliness is a position that is ordained by the Holy Ghost. Am I preaching to anybody in this house that'll be honest and say, I feel so all alone in living for God. I feel so all alone in the youth group. I feel so all alone in my family. Let me preach a word of encouragement to you. That place is ordained by God. That season is ordained by God.
And he said, Moses, I'm going to put my hand on you. You think because you're lonely and you can't seem to fit in anywhere that God has removed his hand from your life. But if there's ever been a season God's hand is on your life, it's in this season of loneliness. Am I preaching anybody this morning? Hey, let's wake up here for just a second. Let's lift our hands and let's pray in this house. Come on. Let's lift our hands and let's pray right now. Come on. There's revelation coming to some of you. Be seated. But what I want you to understand about loneliness is that oftentimes loneliness is just an emotion, but it is not a reality. How many times have you been in a room full of people and felt like the only one there? How many times have you walked into a house full of your family members and felt like you were the only one there? How many times have you walked the hallways of your school with hundreds, even thousands of other people and you felt like you were the only one there? It's because loneliness is an emotion that God stirs in you because He is calling you to relationship and to fellowship with you. And God will allow that emotion to remain in you until you finally yield to that and you tell the distractions and you tell the relationships leave me alone I've got to get in fellowship with God and that's exactly what Elijah said he said God I'm the only one that's standing for you as Jehovah but God spoke to him and said no Elijah there are 7,000 more that are just like you I'm just allowing you to feel lonely in this season so I can get the glory out of what I'm about to do in your life you say I'm the only one living for God in my family I'm the only one living for God at my job I'm the only one living for God in my school what is all God needs to give that place a revival that will shake the gates of hell I wish I had somebody that believed in the power of one. We believe in the power of one God. What about the power of one apostolic filled with the power of that one God? It was one man that built the ark. It was one man that interceded for Sodom and Gomorrah. It was one man that called fire down from heaven. And it can be one young person that sets a campus on fire. It can be one young man or one young lady that has a revival in their lost family. That's your job. Come on. You are enough. Because if God be for you, it doesn't matter if you're alone. Who can be against? you something's breaking in this house lift your voice all over the house
You got to understand. You got to understand. I know what it's like to walk through season of loneliness. I come from a broken home. I know what it's like to not be living for God and then God get a hold of you and call you into the kingdom. I know what it's like to go to school one year living like the world and then show up the next year and now God's filled you with the Holy Ghost and He's called you to preach. And I can remember, I can remember I didn't have any friends in the youth group. My family wasn't living for God. My dad didn't even want me to preach. He was totally and completely against it at first. God has worked on him and he's thankful I accepted the call of God that day but it didn't start out that way and I can remember I I prayed through after my freshman year and I went to my basketball coach and I said coach I gotta quit the team I can't do this anymore I wasn't going professional I wasn't a superstar but it was a God to me I worshipped it and I was surrounded by people that I didn't need to be surrounded by and my coach cursed me out in front of all of my peers I remember one day I I sat down with my lunch tray and when I sat down with my lunch tray in unison every person at that table got up and walked away because they didn't want to be around the Pentecostal preacher boy anymore it drove me to a season of loneliness but what that caused me to do was go home every day in my season of loneliness and shut the door and cut the lights out and bury my face in a pillow and say God you're all I've got you're all I've got you're all I've got and when Jesus was all I had I found out Jesus was all I need I'd rather be alone with God than popular without God there ought to be somebody in this house that'll say it might just be me and Jesus but there's a visitation in that loneliness there's an anointing in that loneliness there's a gifting that's on the way God's helping you understand in this house. I can see the light is going off for some of you. You're frustrated and you think you're an oddball. You think you don't fit anywhere, in anywhere. You feel like you're misunderstood. No. It's just a location. It's just a position that God has called you to so He can put His hand on your life.
I'm telling you in the Holy Ghost. Mom and dad, I don't have any children. But take it from a young man that's been in the place of the young man. I went to my, I went to my mother and I said, God's called me to preach. I'm not going to secular college. I'm not going to Bible college. I said, I'm going to serve my man of God. God's going to open the doors when it's time. And for seven years, I walked through loneliness. But it all started when I got a revelation. I'm not an Egyptian. Mom and dad, don't feel too bad for your, your little boy or little girl. Because they don't have as many friends as you think they ought to have. The worst thing you can do is connect them to something secular in an attempt for them to fit in somewhere. I said the worst thing in the world you can do is connect them to something secular in an attempt for them to fit in. You say, well, you're being awfully plain this morning, Brother Herring. Okay, why don't you ride the bus home with your kids from school and see how plain it gets? Why don't you walk into the locker room? If it was bad when I was in school, just imagine what it is now. We need a clear sound from the pulpit in this hour. And I'm telling somebody in the Holy Ghost, the last thing you need to do is throw that little boy into some sports uh, and try to promote some career that he's never even going to reach. It's one in a million anyway. Uh, Or throw that girl into some cheerleading or dance classes uh, or some modeling program uh, just for her to feel accepted uh, and make them feel like there's value. You want to know where your value comes from? It's the one that created you. It's the one that died for you you it's the one that formed you let me come after insecurity in this house today you don't need a million followers on social media to feel like you're good enough you know why you're good enough God said you're good enough this loneliness can start when they're young You hear me? You hear me, young person? This loneliness can start when you were young. I remember when I was just a kid. Just a kid. I'd wake up in the middle of the night, Brother Wright, and I could tell something was in my room. A visitation from another world. I can remember just a kid, six, seven years old, waking up in the middle of the night, demonic spirit standing at the foot of my bed. Don't be deceived in thinking hell doesn't know who your little boy is. Don't be deceived into thinking hell doesn't know who your little girl is. God's trying to save somebody from a train wreck in this house. Because if you keep trying to elbow your way into groups, God is trying to disconnect you from, number one, you're going to bypass and you're going to miss all that God wants to develop in you in that season. And number two, you're going to play with being lost. Oh, we need to pray right here. We need, we need, I, I need, I need some mom to make up her mind right now. When the coach calls your house wanting your little boy to play on the sports team.
We talked about the prophetic a few weeks ago. Now there are prophets in here that don't know their prophets. God wants to enlarge that gift. He wants to stretch that gift and increase your capacity for that gift. But I want to help you understand something. Hannah was trusted with the prophetic in her home. And she took that gift by the name of Samuel. And she gave it to God. And she said, I commit this to you. I trust this gift with you. The prophetic was birthed in her home. And the first thing she did was trust God with that gift. But watch what she did. Every year the Bible said Hannah would stitch a coat. And would bring it to the temple where Samuel was. And she would put that new coat on that old gift. But what's important to note about that. Is she always made the coat big enough for him to grow into for another year. And three times the Bible says, and Samuel grew. Until finally it got to the point where Samuel would open up his mouth. And the Bible said not one of his words would fall to the ground. Because Hannah made room for her gift in her house. It was manifest in God's house. And if you bypass this season of loneliness, you're not going to be able to make enough room for that gift to manifest. Melissa McGurk, you hear me in the Holy Ghost. There is a prophetic anointing on your life. And this season of loneliness that you have just stepped into in a recent moment is because God is trying to bring you to a place where you make room for that gift in your house. It is a God consciousness he's trying to help you get to. It is a place where that gift will never shut off. But that gift is ever present. But you've got to make sure that you don't bypass this season of loneliness. The Holy Ghost is saying yield to this season. And there's going to be a larger coat for that gift to grow into. Brother McGurk lay hands on your wife in the name of Jesus. He can do robo shata ta labo ko shanda rabahata Mahasando roho shehe shata Handolo boho ko roho shata ta ta manda babakata He karanda bahashata laboho shandava Iro sheke la la mondo boko shanda Yeta la manda boko rehe shanda bahasha
That loneliness is just a call to prayer. I can, I can still feel. Brother Middleton, I can still feel that as a 15-year-old boy running to the back of the house and shutting that door. And just burying my face in that pillow. And just spending time with him. I want to know you, Jesus. I want to know you. Lord, forgive me if I've lost focus. Lord, forgive me if I've lost focus. I want to know you. You are all that matters. You are all that matters. Be sensitive to the Holy Ghost here for just a moment. Somebody be obedient to the Holy Ghost. We're going to wait right here, but if nobody's going to be obedient, we'll move on. But we're going to wait just a minute. Be sensitive and be obedient to the Holy Ghost. There are students in this room right now. The best thing in the world you can do is go home and get off all your social media. For some of you, that is the best thing in the world you can do. There are some of you have been wrestling with deleting it and getting off of it. 
and you're saying it's really not that big of a deal. Well, if it's not that big of a deal, then why is it? If something has a grip on you that strongly, and you know you felt in the Holy Ghost to delete it, but you keep wrestling with it. If something has a grip on you that strongly, that ought to let you know right there you need to get rid of it. Because I'm watching a generation lose the ability to spend time with God. Because they're so connected, they're disconnected. So here's what I want you to do. If I've preached to you here today, you've been feeling that that emotion of loneliness. I want you to find a place to pray in this room. It can be at this altar. I, I know this is different, but I'm in the Holy Ghost. I'm, I'm not worried about fitting into some mold. And you need to tell some things, leave me alone. You need to tell some things, leave me alone. Guys, if you want the voice of God, you've got to learn how to quit playing Xbox until 3 in the morning. If you're tired of fighting insecurity and depression, get off the social media that's causing it. You can't stop comparing yourself to everybody else. Watch this. Goliath stood out in that valley morning and evening. And he defied the God of Israel and the armies of Israel. Jewish rabbis teach that the reason Goliath presented himself morning and evening was to distract the Hebrews from quoting the Shema. Because every morning they'd wake up and they'd say, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And every night before they went to bed, they'd say, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Forty days of no devotion because of a giant distraction. And so then what did they start doing? Look at that distraction. Look at that image the world has portrayed. Look at his coat of mail. Look at his armor. Look at his stature. Look at his sword and his shield and his spear. Look at how big he is. Look how great he is. And when devotion ended, comparison began. And I'm telling you, I'm seeing in this generation, they're fighting suicide. They're fighting low self-esteem. They're, they're fighting insecurity. They're fighting depression because all they do is scroll and scroll and scroll. And they compare themselves to all of those images of other people. All the while, devotion has ended in their life. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to find a place to pray in this house right now. I'm, I'm done. The Holy Ghost is finished with me. And I want you to find a place to pray in this house. And I want you to tell some things. Leave me alone.
leave me alone. There are guests in this house. You don't even have the Holy Ghost yet. And you're being rejected by everybody around you because you started going to that Pentecostal church. But there's a revelation God wants to give you. There's some understanding God wants to give you. Would you respond to this word right now all over the house? I want you to find a place to pray. This altar's open. You can find a place to pray wherever you are. If you want the Holy Ghost, God can fill you with the Holy Ghost. Come on, tell God, I'm going to go home until some things leave me alone. That feeling of loneliness, even though there are people all around you, it's just a call to prayer. Come on, you ought to be thankful God loves you enough to want to spend time with you, to want to talk with you, to want to walk with you. Come on, would you lift your voice, find a place to pray in this house. Some of you don't want to let go. If you, if you, some of you don't want to let go of those things that are distracting you from devotion. Come on, we need to let God recalibrate us in this room. Let's get back to intimacy with Him. Let's get back to fellowship with Him.